And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a detective adventure with Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell from 1952. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows, and I'll try to name the show while you play along at home, right, Lisa? Right, we're going to have some fun with our favorite decade today, which is... 50s, 60s, the 70s, 70s <laughs> for television. That's the all right. That's that's pretty great stuff. So I've got uh, some great television shows. I think you're familiar with all of them. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty confident that mm, you are. Really? So let's get them all. Um, I'm going to say yes. Wow. Only because I'm that good at picking clips. Wow. So let's hear the first clip. Yeah. Wow. The only thing I can think of is the monkeys. Is it the monkeys? It's not. Wow. Wah, wah. Okay, Hang I on. gave you too much credit here. Wow. Well, when I tell it, oh, you... Oh, wait, wait. Is it the Partridge family? It is. Ah, shoot. Oh, so uh, close. No, I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I that it. was David Cassidy's That's the Partridge family, right? Song. That uh, was his big You know, hit. I never watched that show. <gasps> never watched oh, the Partridge. No. I don't think I've ever seen one episode of the Partridge family. Oh, you But the monkeys something. I used to... Well, that too, but they're not, you know, mutually exclusive. Because I exclusive. am a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Uh, so, of course... I'm a chunky monkey I know, is what I really That's am. not true at all, but you can be self-deprecating all you want. So, this starred Shirley Jones and David Cassidy, and um, this ran uh, from 1970 to 1974 on ABC as part of the Friday night lineup. So yeah, and you I don't know, know where you were. You know who was not watching it? You. <laughs> Me. Oh, yeah, I don't, wow. Did they you, had the, you like this show? Yeah, I loved oh, it. Oh they had like a school bus. Yeah, and, they had the, the, the bus. No. The, well, no what? No, I didn't. Well, you're the I only one. I wasn't into it. You're the only one. All right. Okay. Missed that one. All right. Shoot. All right. Let's What's see next? how you do. Next, let's hear the clip. So you agree, we need all new furniture. What? <laughs> I did a job today for a furniture maker. He's going to give me anything I no. want. How can you say no just like that? No, because I'm happy with the furniture I've got. I don't want to be bothered. I don't have any money for furniture. This, this junk doesn't match. 
You're not going to be bothered at all, and it's not going to cost you a red penny. I've got a plan. Ah, I now this show. I want to finish the book while I'm This hot, show buddy. is Part great. Part of my plan is to keep you out of the plan. All I'm right. going to do everything. I know this one. I hope so. That's definitely the odd couple. That is absolutely right. 1970 to 75 on ABC, starring... Randall. Tony, Tony Randall. Randall. And um, don't tell me, don't I tell won't. me, don't tell so me. So Tony was Felix. Uh, and uh, Yeah. What's his first name? Oscar Madison was the character. Yeah, I know name. that. Well, I'm just giving you hints. What's the f- guy's first name? Well, that's too All much right. information. What is it? Jack Klugman. Oh yeah, Jack. Klugman. Uh, it was developed by Gary Marshall, yeah. and it's based on the 1965 play The Odd Couple, written by Neil Simon. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, what a winner! That was a great show. Yeah, it was really special. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the next one. I think you like. I think this special one. is one of your favorite words. I think um, you use it a lot. You like um, what? What's the word you say? Tremendous. Tremendous, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do say that a lot. And you say special. A lot. I say interesting. Let's go. This breakfast is good enough to eat. Thank you. I enjoyed making it. I don't get a chance to practice much at the YMCA. Is that where you're staying? I can't afford any place else unless I can find someone to share an apartment with. <laughs> Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think so. I know a man when I see one. Mainly from memory, of course. (laughs) What does that mean? Well, it's been a long time since you laid your finger on me. I don't know. You know, it was a tough clip now that I'm hearing it back. And the reason I chose that clip, because it was the first episode and it set up the whole situation of the living situation. Well, I, the only thing I can think of is make room for daddy. Okay, no. So there were three single roommates. Oh, uh, three single roommates? Yep. Oh, so, you're talking about Three's Company? I am. No yes, way. Yes, that was the first episode. When, I, I did not get that at all from that clip. Yeah, so we heard John Ritter <sighs> as Jack Tripper. Yeah. And then we had Joyce DeWitt who was Janet Wood, and that was Suzanne Summers wow. as Chrissy, but I know they changed a couple times later on. Yeah. And we had Stanley, Mr. Roper, yeah. and Helen Roper, um, and that was right at the beginning when it was, you know, I don't know how to discuss it on the air, um, but when this started, things were very different in the world, and yeah. they didn't think that it was okay for yeah, a, a man and a woman with. to live sure, together. Sure, so sure, sure. they were, you yes. know, that was the premise of the whole thing. Today, um, that would not be an acceptable premise. I didn't premise. get it from that clip. Yeah, it huh. was tough listening right. to it back. Okay, good. Um, but I was trying to I set like, up the I, situation. I, I, like it. I like to be challenged. Oh, I know. I do that. Our listeners, I bet you a lot of them got it. I just didn't didn't know it. Yeah, no, it was tough. It was mm-hmm. tough. Um, this one, no question you're in. Would you mind turning your head, please? Radar, I'm a doctor. I've seen more behinds than you'll ever have. <laughs> Just uh, his I voice. I don't think I know. too much to ask for one guy to ask another guy to turn his head. Your modesty is almost indecent. Well, if you're a doctor like you say, then you don't need to see any more than you've seen. <laughs> Go ahead, get sore. I love it when those little wisps of steam come out of your tiny ears. You know, he, his voice reminds me of Groucho Marx. Alan Alda? Yeah. You know what? It's got that same kind you're of... You're right. It's kind of a deep timber. Yeah. You know what? And a little bit sarcastic. Yeah, he's got that... You know what? I never thought of that reminds just me now. of Groucho. I agree. And well, this is the show. That's MASH. That is MASH. CBS from 72 to 83. Yeah. And, um, wow. It was, on it was the first spinoff series adapted seasons. from My the 1970 feature film, yeah. MASH, which in turn was based on 
1968 novel, which is called MASH, a novel about three army doctors. Wow. So, um, wow, that was... It was a big movie. I mean, it was a big motion picture. And Mm -hmm. it might have been one of, I mean, uh, might have been one of the first TV shows adapted from a movie. Yeah, maybe. There's not a, I mean, when you think not, about it. Not back in 72. Yeah. Right. Not, so it's really, and I wasn't that crazy about the show. Like, you know, I, I didn't watch I wasn't it that either. much. But once in a while when I did watch it, I enjoyed Same. it. You know, it was good. It wasn't good my character. kind of show, you know. It yeah. wasn't like, you know, yeah. uh, the Brady Bunch. But <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it brings back Any some more? great memories. No, that's it for that's today. That's it? All right. Yeah, but many more to come I missed the show. two of them. Oh, Dude, that's man. That's okay. That's okay. We had some fun. Uh, all right. When we come back, Dick Powell stars as singing detective uh, Richard Diamond. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know, uh, this show is a five-hour program. We we do this show live every week, Lisa and I and Mike. And we come into the studio here in Chicago. This is our uh, home base, Chicago WIND AM 560. And it beams out to hundreds of radio stations across the country. We're very, very lucky to have... Uh, a nationwide audience, actually a global audience with American Forces Radio reaching 168 countries. But um, many of our stations do not carry the full five-hour show, which is unfortunate. So we have um, we have set up a podcast. You could actually hear the full five-hour show emailed to you. So you would have to have an email. And we email you the show every Monday, the full five-hour show, along with our uh, other podcast, Radio Rarities, which is not broadcast. The only way you can um, get that show is uh, via podcast. So we send it to you as part of the Hollywood 360 full five-hour show. So you sign up by going to our website, hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. Or if you want to call us tonight um, and leave a message, Lisa or I will call you back and sign you up for the podcast. It is only $5.99 a month, and you will get an email each week. So you get the full, basically over five hours of entertainment every week sent to your email for only $5.99 a month, and it's just uh, billed to your card. So if you want to call us, uh, we will be happy to talk to you. It's always fun talking to our listeners. Yeah, we're right, the live Lisa? operators this evening. So if you want yeah, to give us a call. Yeah, we are the live operators. Right. I just said that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you want to That's talk new, to a live can I operator. Add that to my resume? Yes, you can. If you want to add, you want to talk to a live operator, which is Carl or me, give us a call at 815 900 7535. That's 815 900 7535. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, we'll sign you up to the podcast. Uh, as I say, only five ninety nine a month, and you get the full shebang sent to you each and every Monday. All right, time for Richard Diamond, Private Detective. This was a series created by the great Blake Edwards. And, of course, he was very famous for... Um, directing all the Pink Panther movies, and he was uh, married for many, many years to Julie Andrews. Um, This is a detective that he created, and he was sort of a singing detective. He would sing on... um Every uh, every episode that would be end. a great job for you. I know I'd be the de- as, as a singer and all. Detective, and then sure. I would sing at the end of the show, yeah, right? Because I have such a 
great singing voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to get a record contract one of these days. So uh, this came to radio in uh, 1949, lasted until 1953. It made a transition to television with David Jansen as Richard Diamond. But this episode is a radio show from March 28, 1952. It's called Mr. Walker's Problem. Here's Dick Powell in part one of Richard Diamond, Private Detective. The makers of Camel Cigarettes present Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Another transcribed adventure with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, Mr. Diamond speaking. Excuse me, I must have the wrong number. Oh, is that you, Helen? This is me, Helen. Oh, well, I thought maybe you might be a client. How are you, dear? Well, I'm fine, but what's wrong with you? Wrong? Yes, what means that Diamond Detective Agency, Mr. Diamond speaking, you usually come on the phone like Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger. How come no slogans? Well, to tell you the truth, dear, I couldn't think of one this week. Anyway, aren't you the gal who's always after me to get some culture? This is culture? Ain't nothing else but. You just want a jaw if you got something important to talk about, hmm? Hmm? This is Friday, you know. Happens every week. Yes, but this is the Friday when if you haven't got a client by noon, we're going for a drive, remember? By Jove, that's right. Well, by Jove, it is now 11.43 and 15 seconds, approximately. Sounds like someone gave you a new... What does that broken sentence mean? Client walk in? Shh, shh, quiet. Don't talk so loud, dear. This one looks like he might scare easily. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Good uh, good morning. Are you... uh, Are you Mr. Diamond? I am Mr. Diamond. Won't you come in? Said the spider to the fly. I'll hang up, Rick. Call me back if you have time. All right, dear. Bye. Bye. Well, uh, come in, come in, Mr. Uh... Uh, uh, Walker. <clears throat> Thomas Walker. Uh, oh, I, I do hope I didn't interrupt your conversation, Mr. Diamond. Oh, it wasn't important. Just my broker calling to tell me I've been wiped out. But enough of me, Mr. Walker. Let's talk about you. Uh, would it be all right if I sat down? I'm, I'm a little nervous this morning. Well, you do seem a little worked up over something. Sure, sure. Sit down, Mr. Walker. Sit down anywhere at all. <clears throat> Thank you. Um... Are you engaged, Mr. Diamond? Well, not yet, but she's working at it. Just between the two of us, I think if I can hold off through the month of June... Oh, no, 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 Mr. Diamond. I I meant, are you working for anyone uh, on a... uh, a caper, I believe you call them? Oh, oh. No, no, no. We honest and true private detectives just call them cases. As a matter of fact, you're in luck. I am at liberty to listen to your proposal, that is... If you wish to engage me. Good, good, good. It's taken me some time to work up enough courage to come to a private detective. I don't think I could do it again. I don't think you could either. All right, Mr. Walker, just what is it that's troubling you? Well, I hope, Mr. Diamond, that it's nothing more than my suspicious mind. Oh, Oh, don't misunderstand me. I'm not by nature a suspicious person, but I have stumbled across something that I think should be brought to the attention of the local authorities. Then why not bring it to the attention of the local authorities? Well, because... because I'm afraid they'll laugh at me. 
So, uh, so you want me to go down and let them laugh at me, huh? Oh, oh no, oh, no, no, at, at least not right away. Not until after you've confirmed my suspicions or proved them ridiculous. In either event, you will know then what to do. Well, uh, before you lose me entirely, Mr. Walker, maybe you'd better tell me just what it is you want me to do. I think the best thing to do is... Yes, I, I think that would be the best. That way, they would uh, be... <laughs> Remember me, Mr. Walker. Mr. Diamond... I want you to follow someone. Uh, shadow him is the word I believe you use. Shadow? Uh, yes. Uh, you do do that type of work, don't you? Oh, well, occasionally. Uh, just who is it you want me to shadow, Mr. Walker? Uh, Carter, I believe his name is. Joseph Carter. He must be the ringleader. Oh, this Joseph Carter leads a ring? Well, as I said, Mr. Diamond, these are only my suspicions. If you're going to laugh at me, oh, I... Oh, now, could... now, uh, now. Take it easy, Mr. Walker. I'm just trying to get as much information from you as I can. Who is this Carter fellow, and where can I get in touch with him? He's a chemist. At least he's supposed to be. And I don't want you to get in touch with him, Mr. Diamond. I just want you to follow him. It could be disastrous if you spoke to him about my suspicions. Mr. Walker, you may not believe this, but I don't even know yet what your suspicions are. And I think it would be best if I didn't tell you. Oh. That way you can form your own opinions about what is going uh, on. Mr. Walker... This is getting tougher as you go along. I don't even know where to find this Joseph Carter. Oh, right? I have that all arranged, Mr. Diamond. Uh, rather clever plan, too, if I do say so myself. Oh. You see, I'm meeting him for lunch, and he thinks we're going to talk about his wife. By Joe, that is clever. Yes, yes, isn't it? Now, after lunch, that will be around one o'clock, I'll drop him off on the corner of First and Elm. Uh, do you know where that is? Uh-huh. Oh, good, good. Now, my car is a blue Essex sedan. When you see it pull around the corner, you be prepared to follow whoever steps out. Oh, gosh, I haven't done this since the correspondence school sent me my diploma. All right, Mr. Walker, what happens then? Then, Mr. Diamond, you stay with him night and day. You do have operators who work in shifts, don't you? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, good, good. Now, the important thing is to impress upon your men the seriousness of what they are doing. Under no condition are they to let him out of their sight. Oh, that's a cinch. Couldn't you give us something a little harder, like following four people at the same time? Well, no. No, one of them might get suspicious, Mr. Diamond, and that wouldn't do. Oh. <clears throat> now, uh, about your money. Oh, yes, yes, by all means. My, my fee is a hundred a day in expenses, Mr. Walker, and believe me, you're going to have some... A hundred? Uh, isn't that a little steep? It's too much, Mr. Walker? Well... No, no, I, I suppose not. I'll, I'll have to write you out a check. Uh, will 300 be enough? Uh, that'll pay you up to Monday. Well, y yes, yes. By then, you will have cracked this thing or written me off as a suspicious old fool. Now, Mr. Walker, think how few private detectives there would be if no one listened to their clients' suspicions. <laughs> uh, there you are, Mr. Diamond. Ah, yes. oh, oh, and here is my card. Both my business and home phone numbers are on oh, it. Oh, fine. All right. Thank you. Uh, uh, Walker Plumbing Company? You, Mr. Walker, are a plumber? Yes. It is surprising, isn't it? I smiled at him as he went out and then called Helen and broke the sad news. She pouted a little, I cooed a little, and then we both hung up feeling very good inside. I had an hour to kill, so I decided to get a little fresh air. I was half a block from my office building when a whole ounce of imported perfume floated out of a doorway. It circled around a while and finally settled over my eyes. 
What I could see through the haze would have caused any airline pilot to come in for an emergency landing. And even though I don't fly myself, I put the flaps down and kind of slowed up a little. Why, Mr. Diamond, I do believe you're staring. Oh, sorry. I, uh, do I know you, uh, please? No, Mr. Diamond, it isn't that good. And of course you know me. Oh, I do, huh? Oh, sure, sure, I remember now. Monte Carlo, wasn't it? Only you were a blonde then, with the moonlight behind you, making a halo for your lovely head, and I'm just ad-libbing, so get me out of this. Who are you, lady? Sandra uh, Browning. And it wasn't Monte Carlo. Come on, I'll buy you a drink and refresh your memory. Mm, all right. But I hope we can cover everything in an hour. There's uh, quite a bit of you to cover, isn't it? Heaps. Much too much to run through in an hour. You're uh, working on a case, then? Ah, the luck of Ricky Diamond. Yes, Miss Browning, I am in the midst of what my client calls a caper. Go on the payroll at one o'clock. I see. And uh, just who is your client, Ricky? Ah, ah, ah. We were going to talk about you, remember? Oh, but I'm so dull, Mr. Diamond, and you're so fascinating. Ah, true, yes. Uh, this place look all right? Fine, fine. Intimate, isn't it, Mr. Diamond? Oh. Say, just how well do we know each other? Can't you tell? Honey, right now I probably could even tell you my name. And, uh, I'm beginning to need that drink more and more. Shall we go mingle with those strangers? Stranger? Man, the, the writing on this show was so great, and, like... The characters are so developed. I mean, listen, did you hear her? She was just like, Oh, yeah. Mr. Diamond, I'm so dull. Just that music right now. It's kind of, you know, almost a little pornographic there. (laughs) Well, you would know. I mean, not that I would know was my next comment. I'm just saying. You would know. All right. (laughs) Set the mood. (laughs) We'll get back to Richard Diamond, private detective here on Hollywood 360 in just a few minutes. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know what, Lisa? One of my heroes is a man named William F. Buckley Jr. You might remember him as the host of Firing Line on PBS. He hosted it for more than three decades. Anyway, Buckley got his start as founder of the magazine National Review back in 1955. And even back then... 
We had problems with sensationalistic, sloppy journalism, and he thought Americans deserved a serious conservative voice in the public square. National Review was the answer to that problem, and they are continuing that legacy today. Uh, Carl, we are proud to be partnering with National Review here at Hollywood 360. More than 65 years later, they are still committed to producing serious journalism from a conservative perspective. If you're looking for a serious news source grounded in America's founding principles, we have a very special offer for our Hollywood 360 listeners. Whether you like to read online or prefer a good magazine in your hands, you can start reading today by going to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for 60% off any subscriptions. Uh, that is nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Check it out. Uh, we're listening to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, one of the best detective shows from the golden age of radio. And uh, Richard Diamond was so successful on radio that Dick Powell, the guy who starred in it, created a television agency and decided, you know what, I'll transition this show, not with me because I'm an older, mm-hmm. I'm an older guy now, but I'll get a younger actor to play the part and I'll put it on television. And he did. He hired David Jansen, who, of course, later was uh, Richard Kimball, the fugitive. He really made it big on that TV series. But he was the first guy to play Richard Diamond on television. And there he had a secretary and her legs were only shown. They never showed the woman <laughs> beyond her legs. That's all you saw. And for a time... Those legs were owned by the one and only Mary Tyler Moore. It was her first television gig. And what a gig that is. (laughs) And you you never saw her face. But then I guess when she auditioned for Dick Van Dyke, she was probably like, well, I'm on TV every week. You just see my legs. Well, it was a travesty that it was only her legs because that woman, boy, was she something else on television. Definitely. No doubt. And she became a big you know, TV producer and yep. star of her own, right. you know, in her own show with her MTM, MTM. Was it? Mm-hmm. productions. Yeah. All right. We're listening to Mr. Walker's Problem. This stars Dick Powell. Here's the conclusion. As we walked over to a table, I shook my head a few times to clear it and get out of the danger zone of the perfume. I knew I'd never seen Miss Browning before. No, not that I've led a sheltered life, but something like her only happens once, and it usually costs an awful lot of money. Money I've never had. So, naturally, the same applied to Miss Browning. So, with renewed vigor and a firm grip on my wallet, I sat down beside her. Cozy? Uh, uh, Too cozy. I'm a sort of a wide-open spaces man myself, and I... Oh, uh, a couple of martinis. (laughs) George? (laughs) George. Hmm. Now, about you, Miss B. Where was it our paths first crossed? No, Mr. D, I've changed my mind. I'm going to make you guess. It'll be more fun that way. Oh, and it will also be a long winter. Now, if we're going to get anything accomplished, maybe you better start talking. An hour goes pretty fast. What happens in an hour that's so terribly important, Mr. Diamond? A guess. I don't want a guess. I want you to tell me. You know, we may run out of things to talk about any minute now. Not if you tell me what I want to know. Mm-mm. All right, I'll take a guess. Does this case have anything to do with, uh, say, a bank? Well, you tell me. 
Does it have something to do with, say, a bank? You're fighting me, Mr. Diamond. Well, who's fighting who? All I'm trying to find out is whether... You're going to wish, Mr. Diamond, that you had talked to me. Well, well. Conversation seems to have picked up a little. But we might as well save your breath, Sandra. I ain't talking and you ain't talking. So, if you'll excuse me, I have to make a telephone call. All of which left me with still a half hour to kill. I paid the check and then dropped by the 5th Precinct to say hello to Walt Levinson. He was sleeping, so I tiptoed back out and headed for the corner of 1st and Elm. I'd been there about five minutes when a guy whose face looked vaguely familiar came up and said... Uh, Excuse me, this is this a bus stop? No, but there's a cab stand a block down the street. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I might have stood here for three days. How's that? I saw you waiting around, so I figured it was a bus stop. Guess I'll have to take a cab now. Say, if you're waiting for one, maybe we can split the fare. Oh, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> Funny. I'd swear you were hanging around the 5th Precinct when I came out. Oh, uh, how long ago? About 15 minutes. Well, come to think of it, it's possible that you did. I went in to pay a traffic fine. Yeah. Is that right? Speeding, was it? Yes, as a matter of fact, it was. <laughs> Those things do happen, you know. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, the really interesting part about all this is that the 5th Precinct doesn't accept traffic fines. Hmm? You have to go all the way downtown to pay them. You're kind of a smart aleck, aren't you? Oh, yes, life of the party. Just give me a lampshade and a bustle and I'm a... Hey, what's the idea? A car spun around the corner just as the guy shoved me. I landed in the street, but rolled over in time to see the front door open and a body come spilling out, sliding to a stop against the curb. The guy with a phony ticket hopped on the running board and the blue Essex sedan lost itself in the uptown traffic. Now, all I could do was sit there and look at the crumbled form lying in the gutter. Mr. Thomas Walker had given me a check for $300. That was to last until Monday. For Mr. Walker, Monday was just two days too many. Back to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. They abandoned the car about four blocks down the street, Rick. Too bad you didn't get a look at the guy behind the wheel. Everything happened too fast, Walt. Yeah. You feel all right now? Yeah, just swell. I guess the idea of all this is that somebody figured you and Walker knew too much. Yep. Yeah. That doesn't make sense either, Rick. You said Walker wouldn't tell you a thing. No, but he gave me $300. Between now and Monday, I'm going to try to earn it. I can use the help. You got any idea who was gunning for him? No, not exactly. But whoever it was kept pretty close tabs. He was followed to my office. He tell you that? Uh-uh. Then how do you know? Well, indirectly, a girl named Sandra Browning did. She said something else that's kind of kicking around in the back of my head, too. Sandra Browning. Oh, that's the brunette you told me about? Yeah, she seemed to think Walker said something to me about a bank. But he didn't. No, but that's what makes it so interesting. Oh, uh, drop me off at that drugstore, will you, all? I want to look up a phone number. Sandra? Uh-uh. fellow named Joseph Carter. Who's he? Supposed to be a chemist. Walker told me about him. Well, thanks for the lift, Fatty. If anything happens, I'll get in touch with you.
Mr. Carter? Oh, yes, that's right. Well, I'm a private detective. May I come in? I'd like to talk to you. You uh, mean about my wife, Mr... Uh... Diamond. Oh. Uh, Richard Diamond. What about your wife, Mr. Carter? Well, nothing. I merely supposed. I mean, after all, you said you were a private detective. Oh, yes, yes. But I don't handle divorce cases, Mr. Carter. Oh, I see. Then what... I, uh... Uh... Oh, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about a plumber named Walker. Thomas Walker. Do you know him? A plumber? Now, that's strange. A Mr. Walker called me on the phone this morning and asked me to meet him for lunch. He said it was important to me that I be there. Were you? Well, yes, I was. That is, I, I was at the appointed place at the proper hour, but this Mr. Walker never did make an appearance. Oh, I see. You said uh, this Mr. Walker. Does that mean you didn't know him? Mm, not to my knowledge. The voice didn't register and the name wasn't familiar. This is very interesting, Mr. Dam. Would you like some coffee? I'll ring for the house. Uh, no, uh, can, uh, no, 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 thanks. Uh, if you didn't know Walker, Mr. Carter, why did you agree to have lunch with him? Well, for several reasons. As I told you, he said it was important to me, and since I was going to be downtown anyway... That, uh, that isn't good enough, Mr. Carter. Well, I'm afraid I don't understand. Thomas Walker was killed less than an hour ago. You say you were supposed to have lunch with him. That puts you in a suspicious position. Yes, I, uh, I see. So that's what this is about. How did you get my name, Mr. Diamond? Oh, that isn't important. What I want to know is why you agreed to have lunch with someone you didn't even know. Well, he... This this Walker fellow, he, he said some things over the phone. What kind of things? About my wife. He said it would be to my advantage to meet him and discuss it. Under these circumstances, I had nothing to lose, so I agreed. Under what circumstances? Well, you see, Mr. Diamond, my my wife and I are... Well, we're, we're drifting apart. Mm -hmm. She's been seen with another man, a fellow named Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson? Who's he? Chap I sold my shop to when I retired last month. He and... Oh, excuse me. I, I didn't know you had company. I... Oh. Well, come in. Come in, Sandra. We were just... No, no, I won't disturb you. I... Go right ahead with Oh, yes. Me. Yes, come in. This is my wife, Sandra. Come in, dear. Come in. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rather not. Oh, it's all right. I was leaving anyway. Come right in, Mrs. Uh, Carter, isn't it? Anything break, Fatty? No, nothing but my head. I've been doing some thinking, Rick. Well, since you've already pulled the punchline, go ahead. What? Oh, <laughs> look, Rick, you said this uh, Sandra Browning... Uh, oh, Carter. Browning's a phony. You know, someday you're going to meet a girl that gives you a right name and you won't know how to react. That's the trouble with guys. As soon as you finish the discourse, Fatty, we can get back to the plot. What have you been thinking? Well, you said that this Miss Carter... Uh, it's Mrs. Carter, Walt. Will you stop that? I don't care if it's Mrs. Whippenpiffle. I want to know what she said. She did say something about a bank, didn't she? She did? Yeah, and you said something about a guy named Joseph Carter who's a chemist. Walt, sir, help me. If you tell me they're married, I'll throw this phone from here to the 5th Precinct. You do, and you'll never find out the startling news I'm about to unfold. All right, unfold. Ah, it's better. On the corner of First and Elm, on the very corner where you nearly met your demise, there is a bank. That's very interesting. <laughs> You're darn tootin'. Right next door to this bank is a small shop with a sign painted on the window. Pretty good sign, too. Somebody took a lot of pains with it. Walt, I... All I... right, all right. 
Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but the sign says Carter Chemistry Corporation. Oh, that's what you've been thinking about. Yeah. Only now it's even more interesting because of this Sandra Browning Carter girl. It's a definite connection. Uh-huh. With Walker, the plumber, making the connection. Well, thanks, Walt, and, uh, bye. Oh, hello. Hello. I'm looking for Mr. Carter. Is he in? I ain't nobody here but me, and I'm getting ready to leave. Closing up a little early, aren't you? It's only four o'clock. Oh, I see you're doing a little repair work in the back of the shop there. Yeah, I had a little explosion in here a couple of days ago. Oh, must have ripped up a little plumbing down that close to the floor. Yeah, we're getting it fixed up. Uh, sorry to rush out like this, buddy, but you know how it is. Friday afternoon, weekend coming up, you know. Oh, yes, yes. Well, when you see Mr. Carter, just tell him Horace Crutchmeyer was in to see him. He'll understand. Horace, well, uh... Tell you the truth, Horace, Mr. Carter don't come around here no more. He's retired. Sold out everything, lock, stock, and test tube. Oh, is that so? Well, I'll get in touch with him at home. See ya. Yeah, see ya, Horace. <laughs> you know, this could turn out kind of silly, Rick. What if they don't show up? Oh, they'll show, Fatty. I checked the floor plan of both buildings. Got it figured they'll break through about here. How many of them do you think there'll be? Just three. If they knocked off Walker because he got suspicious, they won't cut anybody else in. Is Carter in on this, Rick? It's his chemistry shop, isn't it? No, not anymore. He sold out to a guy named Dave Johnson. You'll meet him as soon as they blast the ball out. And the one I'm anxious to meet is this Sandra Browning Carter. Sounds like quite a dish. Uh, not my type, Walt. I like him a little more tender. <laughs> What's the other guy's name? The one who shoved Walker out of the car. Don't know yet. I met him in the shop this afternoon. Well, you'll like him, too. He's got sort of an ingrown face. <laughs> you know, you got to hand it to him, Rick. It's a pretty slick stunt they're pulling. Buying the shop next door to a bank, digging through the wall, and... Shit. There they are, Walt. Maybe we'd better get over here. Right. <laughs> what did I tell you? Ever say anything so easy in your life? Dave, does he have to keep talking? Can't you make look, him Look, look, both of you knock it off and let's get busy, huh? We've only got till tomorrow morning. Hit the lights, Rick. Okay. Uh, hey, who's... Oh! Well, well, well. Why, you... Now, play it smart. We don't want to carry anyone out of here. Oh, uh, is this the bank you were talking about, Sandra? Still not talking, huh? She doesn't look like much to me, Rick. Now, Walt, don't be catty. Remember, she's been a very busy girl. Mm-hmm. Well, now that they're broken in on this kind of work, I guess they won't mind it so much for the next few years. Hmm? But, Rick? Hmm? Why did Walker want you to follow Joseph Carter? He didn't have anything to do with this, did he? No, but Walker thought he did. He tumbled to what was going on when he went in to repair the plumbing. Naturally, he figured Carter was behind it. <laughs> Ain't I getting smarter as the months go by? <laughs> uh-huh. And speaking of months going by... Yes, dear? It will soon be June, you know. June? Oh, now there's a month to conjure with. Oh, do you mean it, Rick? Well, sure, June must be about my favorite. Let's see now. Don't I know a song with June in it? Oh, Rick. Let's see. June, June. Kind of a strange name to me, but, uh, well, this might do it. Oh, it's a long, long while 
from May to December But the days grow short When you reach September When the autumn weather Turns the leaves to flame One hasn't got time For the waiting game Oh, the days tumble down To a precious few September November And these few precious days I'll spend with you These precious days I'll spend with you Why, you faker, you. There wasn't a single June anywhere in that song. Come to think of it, there wasn't. You want to try again? Hmm, I guess not. Something else you'd rather do? Honey, honey, what an opening that is. Come here. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now, that's what I've been waiting for. More. More? More? Honey, stop. If this keeps up, I won't be able to hold off till June. Tonight's adventure of Richard Diamond was written by Ty Cobb with music by Frank Worth. Virginia Gregg was heard as Helen Asher and Alan Reed as Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Others in the cast were Bob Griffin, Joyce Manners, Sidney Miller, and Jim Backus. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell. Now stay tuned for This Is Your FBI, followed immediately by Ozzie and Harriet over most of these stations. America is sold on the American Broadcasting Company. So that's Richard Diamond, private detective. You know that uh, Richard Diamond? He was a real jewel. Oh, I thought you were going to say gem. Jewel, gem, same thing. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? It's not. I just it's, Would it have been better if I said Jam? Yeah. Let me see. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, you know what, Lisa? Mm. That Richard Diamond, he's a real gem. I think it rolls off your tongue better that better. way. You, you should have waited to the rim shot, then should have talked. Oh, I knew it was coming, but so I could anticipate. Live, so we can't edit any of this. It's all live. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Mr. Walker's Problem, March 28th. 1952, and there were some really familiar voices in there, and Lisa picked up on it. Alan Reed, who played Fred Flintstone on television, and Jim Backus. He was Thurston Howell the Third. Yeah, he was. He was Gilligan's on Gilligan's Island. Island. Yeah, sure. there was, uh, of course, um, who else? Virginia Gregg was in there as well. But great episode, and the quality. That's. You know, that's our calling card, Lisa. You said this earlier because you, you were like, wow, listen to the quality of that show. We license these shows, unlike many, many other people that, that do this. And I'm not trying to 
you know, talk bad about, you know, other people. But what we do here is very different than anyone else. We license these shows from the people who created them and their estates. And because of that, and we pay royalties to air these and sell these shows, because of that, we have the we get the master recordings. And that's why you hear these shows in basically almost high-fidelity monaural. Right, and if quality is meaningful for you and it makes it a better show for you and more appreciative of the shows, then you're in the right place. Yeah, and of course, that's all we put in the Classic Radio Club, you know, our club. When you join that or if you get our podcast, you're going to get only the best quality classic radio shows. We uh, we definitely uh, hang our hat on, on that. It's our calling card. All right, time for This Month in Music History. And we're going back to the 1980s with this song. Jump. Jump. That's uh, Van Halen. By Van Halen. Released on his uh, album 1984. That's the name of the album. And this was his most successful single. Reached number one on the Billboard charts in 1984. You you moved away from the mic. I know. It was the most successful single. Is that it was. Said? That was his most successful single. Yeah. Wow. That's a great, great song. And I think this was used for like products and different things. And yeah, it was so popular, right? Very yeah, you need to use the microphone, otherwise people, that people can't hear you otherwise. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll it's just talk this, really loud. It's this oblong thing. Maybe if I yell really loud, everybody could still no. hear me. It's this thing here with a little, like, foam spongy thing on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, sarcasm Try to talk right doesn't in there. work well for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's the adventures of Frank Race from 1949. Plus, we're going to play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's right. It's all about Raquel Welch. We're honoring her. She passed away February 15th. We need a caller to play the game 312-642-5600. Looking for caller number six. We'll be right back. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. 